Welcome to Puro Pinche Sports. I am your host, Jose, alongside with my co-host, Marco, and our producer, Meme. We're here talking to you today from separate locations. Marco, how have you been doing these last two weeks since our last episode, brother? Hey, man. Just, you know, dealing with all this coronavirus crap, trying to do the best I can, you know what I mean? Like everybody else out in this freaking world. What about you? I've been doing good, man. Just been busy working, you know, caught up on some WrestleMania last week. That was fun. Uh, but other than that, I've been pretty good. Man, man, how about you, brother? Uh, man, just uh, just working, man, working from home. Yeah, that's about it. <laughs> Nothing new. Hey, yeah, man, no worries there. I mean, trying times. And, of course, right now, we do want to send out our condolences, our thoughts and prayers to Carl uh, Anthony Towns' uh, family. Uh, he lost his mother, Jacqueline Cruz, today due to the COVID-19, as well as um, Tavares Jackson, formerly played for the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, he unfortunately lost his life due to a car accident early morning. So prayers and thoughts to their families and loved ones there. Uh, but definitely, let's talk about some sports, guys. So the last couple of weeks, we've had a lot of stuff going on, but let's start with something that was pretty major, pretty uh, significant. UFC 249 did get canceled thanks to the powers that be known as ESPN slash Disney bosses. Um, Dana was trying really hard to try to get this card going, whether it was going to a private island for the international fighters or trying to get on an Indian pres uh, preservation for the uh, fighters in the States. Marco, what was your uh, reaction to the cancellation of the fights? At first, when I, when I heard Dana White come out and say, hey, we're going to have this fight on a private island, on an island. I was like, fighting island? Oh, shoot. Fighter's island. That thing sounded so freaking cool. Like, I already wanted to freaking buy a pay-per-view just hearing about it. You know what I mean? Just think about it. The best fighters in the world all flying to one island to battle off. I mean, that freaking sounds awesome, doesn't it? Maybe. Fighters on an island? Dude, I immediately go straight to thinking of uh, Mortal Kombat, dude. <laughs> I'm thinking Mortal Kombat, straight up death. <laughs> no, one, two people enter, only one person comes out alive. Like, all right, I'm down with it. Let's see what happens, but now it's canceled. Yep, and of course, the original main event for the 249 card was something we've been talking about since episode one. We wanted to see Khabib Nurmagomedov versus Tony Ferguson. Finally, we're going to get it. And then on April 1st, for the second time in the last two years, in three years, we, on April 1st, they canceled Khabib versus Tony. Uh, and of course, you know, there's not much we can do about it. It sucks. Uh, they tried to replace it, of course, with Tony Ferguson versus Justin Gaethje for the interim title fight. Uh, my heart was sad. It broke pretty much a little crack right there. It's just like, come on, man. We, we want to see some fights. We want to see some action. Like, I'm over here trying to enjoy some, like, come on. I'm watching WrestleMania. I'm watching good old, you know, fighting or even sports events like basketball and shit like that. And, ah, man. But, I mean, Marco, what do you think about how, I mean, was Dana crazy to try to push this no matter, like, how badly the C, uh, CDC wanted to stop it? I mean, what do you think, bro? I thought it was a great move, in my opinion. Like, just think about it. What does it show for sports right now in this age of coronavirus, in this age of this pandemic? That, you know what, regardless of what happens, regardless of the 
terrible things that are going on, there's always a way. And sports always finds a way. We see it with the horse uh, tournament that's going on with the NBA. Um, and now we're seeing it with uh, the UFC and Dana White trying to get this island and trying to get these fights going. Uh, saying, you know what, we're going to fly international fighters out to the island. We're going to have international fights. We're going to get people here from America to fight. Um, we're still trying to have these main event cards and big cards, not just, you know, lousy ass fighters, like really good fighters, uh, like Gaethje getting his opportunity. Right. Um, so I think it's an awesome move by Dana White, in my opinion. Um, I think it just shows the type of person and character he has and represents it uh, with the UFC as well. And what is the UFC about? UFC is about fighting, man. And. That's that, and that's what it's showing, right? Um, as an organization fighting to have these cards out and give these fights to the people right now when they most want it and when they most need it to be entertained. Yeah, and I mean that's the downside of it, but I mean let's be honest, it was a little crazy. I get it. They you know probably had a lot of, you, you know how much it is to take the testing for COVID nineteen right now. Like there's such a limited numbers out there for testing, and apparently he was gonna have enough for pre and post fight. Like like no offense, but what about the other people out there who are barely getting any testing at all? So I mean it was a little crazy. I understand it. Um, I don't know how I feel about ESPN slash Disney bosses out there stopping it. Um, I get their concern. I get the. I totally understand it. But I mean at the same time, it's like. Now I'm concerned for the fighters. The fighters are out there now without a fight, without income. And most and most of those fighters, this is their income. And so now that puts them in harm's way as far as that. Will the UFC take care of them? There's no guarantees. I mean, yes, Dana White did uh, say to Brett Akimoto from ESPN that he would try to take care of the fighters that, he, uh, that were willing to fight on what was supposed to be this Saturday's fight card. And so... But now we don't know what's going to happen with UFC 250 or any other fights. Everything's, you know, on hiatus. And so a sport that all of us love, we love to see the violence, the blood, the, the drama of it. It's on the sidelines now. And briefly, Marco, tell me what you think about something else that got on the sidelines. The XFL has filed for bankruptcy. They have fired all their employees. How do you feel about that? To be honest, man, McMahon should be doing his walk right now. He shouldn't be doing any type of walk right now, let me tell you. He should be sitting his ass down at home like everybody else because hearing this about the XFL made me really sad. It was doing really good. I mean, people were into it. Um, I mean, you could even see it on the social media pages, how much uh, popularity it was getting around Twitter, around everywhere, um, and people really buying into uh, watching the XFL um, and its growth. So, I mean, it was disappointing to see it, uh, see what's happening, but we also have to be acknowledgeable uh to what's going on right now and just know like a lot of people are going through this a lot of companies are going through this these types of things so it's it's downing it, it sucks to see them uh out hopefully one day maybe we see them again what do you think about it i was loving their new formats a lot of their game plans as far as like the kickoff rules or uh the one two or three point conversions you know instead of just a natural field goal or two-point conversion after a touchdown. Like, they had a lot of good, unique um, plans that I really hope the NFL actually adapts uh, for at least player safety-wise and a lot more intrigue and fun. I'm happy to know that a lot of the XFL uh, players that were, you know, playing this first season back have been now added on to the uh, NFL teams, a lot of them. 
Pittsburgh, Carolina, you know, notable teams have been picking up some of those players. So I'm looking forward to that. And, yeah, definitely hope the XFL can definitely come back. I mean, they say not the 2021 season, but maybe the 2022, maybe after McMahon, since he's still on that WWE income right now with no fans in the shows, maybe they'll get something going. Um, Marco, what do you think of as far as, like, going back to the UFC talk, how, how do you feel about when's the earliest you think that they can probably get the fights back on? Well, from what I'm hearing, uh, from what I've been seeing, what I've been hearing about uh, with Dana White, he's saying that it, uh, he's already building the infrastructure on the island. He really thinks, well, he, he thinks as the UFC, as an organization, they really think this is going to happen. That this well, is let's gonna be go clear real, real quick on uh, the fighter island. The fighter island is only supposed to be for the international fighters. Um, the uh, American or the fighters that are here in the States, that that is more for the Indian preserve in uh uh, tai Chi Palace uh, in California. That's on an Indian preserve, so they, the state commissions can't really stop them there. Therefore, the UFC can self-regulate themselves, and that's why they're trying to do the same thing with the Fighters Island. The Fighters Island is primarily for the fighters international, like Jose Aldo, uh, Khabib Nurmagomedov, who's now pretty much in Russia. He's not going to be traveling anywhere this time. So, <coughs> Choke. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, what do you, I mean, for pretty much, Marco, do you, what do you, what, yeah, going back, what's your timeline? I still think it's going to be like a month, um, personally. Um, if they can, if they can get this thing going in a month or a month and a half, that'd be great. Um, especially for me, because I'm freaking bored. Um, I just got school and work, and I need something to entertain me while I'm home. There's no, you can't go out to restaurants, you can't go anywhere. So I'm, I'm, I'm rooting for the fastest possible return of the USB, UFC as possible. So we'll see what happens. Yep. And to move on from that, uh, last week we were announced that, you know, for for sure, Kobe Bean Bryant, Tim Duncan, and Kevin Garnett have been, are going to be the inductees, uh, three of the ten, I believe, uh, into the Nysmith Memorial Basketball Hall of Fame. And so, you know, we did uh, have Kobe Bryant, Kobe Bean Bryant. Uh, unfortunately, his life was lost along with his daughter Gianna and seven other people back in January 26 and he was 41 uh time of his death and so Marco how do you feel about Kobe Bryant going into the Hall of Fame I mean it's no surprise um it's no surprise um going back to who Kobe was as a person as a player most of all what he showed on the court that Mamba mentality since he came into the league you know being the closest thing to Michael Jordan that I think I've seen ever um, and he really showed uh, what it is to be a Hall of Fame player and what the what the ultimate level should be. You know what I mean? Right there up there with uh, Michael Jordan. I'm, I'm happy to see him there, especially after his tragic death. Um, uh, I wish he would have been able to be alive to be able to hear him speak and give a speech. But, I mean, I'm just happy to see him there. And he really is a, a, a model player. Uh, that bunch of even current players now have followed and for years to go and decades to go people are going to be following uh, Kobe Bryant the player and Kobe Bryant the person what do you think it sucks because we all wanted to see Kobe talk we every anytime honestly like he just opened his mouth and had like an interview or anything like that we listened like what he said a lot of his words were powerful his mentality on things and how he focus on stuff and how he put things that most people think that he thinks about 
he put that outside. That's like that's not what I'm thinking about. I'm thinking about other things, and so it is sad that we do we don't get to uh, have the chance of uh, seeing Kobe be with us as far as like you know getting the you know his figurehead up on the Hall of Fame forever as far as him getting to see that. His family does get to see it though. Vanessa, his wife, um, his three other daughters, uh, they'll be able to see and always get to know that their father was a amazing basketball player. But more importantly, I think a lot of things that I'm going to remember about Kobe is also his last three years, almost four, that he was uh, retired. You know, honestly, today on April 13th, you know, today's the anniversary of Kobe's retirement. Uh, four years ago, he retired, scoring 60 points in his final game against the Utah Jazz. And that was... What an amazing game. Amazing performance. I mean, and everyone will say, like, oh, well, Kobe took a lot of shots. You know, like, the haters out there are like, no, man, like, he went out, you know, all out for his final and game. You really got to think about the, the, that final game and who Kobe is and who he was all of his career. I'm going to score no matter how many shots I'm going to take. No matter how many possessions I have to take on by myself, Kobe had a killer mentality, and he showed that in his last game in the NBA. Absolutely, and um, and you just get the remember that you know, remembering you know, Shag challenges him to get fifty, get fifty tonight. He's like, bet I'll do even better. Or the final moments of the game where he just looks at his wife and kids and just gives them that wink, like, damn, like I love you, Mamba out. Mamba out drops the mic. I mean, for a lot of us, for as far as like my age and a lot of people, you know, a lot of people younger than me, he was our Michael Jordan. Like Kobe Bryant was our Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan wasn't for us the same way Kobe is because Kobe was our standard of greatness. And you know, us as like we've said it before, we are San Antonio Spurs fan. We lo- we we love, but we also hated Kobe. As far as more as fun as for a rivalry, and that was like it's like damn, he's so good. Like fuck, stop him, stop him, like. And so, I mean, those are the fun memories I'll have as far as, you know, that. And I'm and congratulations to Kobe Bean Bryant to enter the Hall of Fame. Well-deserved first ballot. Well-deserved five-time champion. Yeah, man. I mean, when you think about Kobe, like I was saying, you, you just think about his legacy, man. Like five championships, like you're saying. Uh, now he has the All-Star Game trophy named after him, thanks to uh, Adam Silver. That I mean... He's just admired by everyone. No matter who you are, you know who Kobe Bryant is, and you know the type of person he is. And his 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 mentality and what he stood up for has resonated throughout the world. No matter what sport you play, no matter what you do, you can look back at Kobe for some that encouragement, uh, that killer mentality that one needs. Where do you put Kobe right now in your? Uh you know, GOAT status as far as, like, where is he ranking your in your top five or ten? Right now, Kobe Bryant. Now, you got to think about Michael Jordan. You got to think about LeBron James. You got to think Kareem, uh, Elijah, everybody, you know what I mean? Um, as far as greatest players of all time, I have to put Kobe Bryant number four for me. Number four on the all-time list. What about you? Um, honestly, if there was no Michael Jordan in the previous, like, gen of what I was watching, I would say I would put Kobe one, but honestly, I'm not able to do that. I'm actually putting Kobe at two. I think the cutthroat, the 
the ways that he would go after you and he didn't give a fuck. Like, if you spoke French like Tony, like Tony Parker does, he'd freaking cuss you out in French for, <laughs> and have a good time doing it. And that mentality, like, yeah, he went 5-2 and two in the finals. I mean, but that man, you know, he was hungry and he wanted it. And Jordan was his, not his goal, but his, like, his, almost like his mission to surpass. Like, he wanted not just six, but he wanted even seven. Like, he, and he thought many times he can get that, like, and, you know, he'll have something I think Michael Jordan may never have or never will, and that's an Academy Award. And he got that, of course, for his Dear Basketball uh, short film. So... Definitely, that's something crazy right there. But let's also talk about Tim Duncan, you know, our guy, our Spurs legend. The, the, best, D, Spur to ev- the best Spurs player to ever wear a Spurs jersey. He, too, is now in- entering the Hall of Fame. Um, Marco, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, you're talking about Tim Duncan, the greatest power forward of all time. You're talking about a, the greatest power forward of all time. Um, we talk about as like we're talking about Kobe Bryant, and you see it in all these Hall of Famers, right? These uh, characteristics about them, who, how they were as people, and who they were as per, uh, uh, as players. Um, and Tim Duncan, of course, you like first ballot Hall of Famer. I mean, the greatest power forward of all time. I mean, he uh, averaged nineteen and ten his career, five NBA championships. Uh, just the as far as on the court and off the court level of you could say that he was the he didn't have that type of stardom like all these other Hall of Famers, all these other great players, all these other MVPs, but Tim Duncan brought it every single night, regardless of him putting up fifteen or twenty-five points, regardless of him putting up fifteen boards or ten boards or twenty boards. Every night he came in and did his best for his team um, so they could win and so they could win championships. I mean, we're talking about a superstar athlete, a Hall of Famer uh, status athlete that was able to win a championship in three different decades, in the 90s, the uh, 2000s, and the 2010s. He was able to win five across that time frame, five in 15 years, really. Um, And, of course, some people want to say that, hey, that first title has an asterisk because it was a shortened season. I don't think so. Championships are championships. Those are earned, and they earned it by beating the New York Knicks. Um, We're talking about, yeah, Tim Duncan, like you said many times right there, you know, greatest power forward ever. But he's also one of just the greatest teammates ever. In fact, he actually won a a teammate of the year award previously. uh, And it's one of his final years with the Spurs before retiring. Uh, I can remember how do you, how do you remember his final game as far as against the Oklahoma City Thunder in the playoffs? Like Pop let him out there and he let him just go. Like just know it's like Pop knew like this is it for Timmy. Like I know Timmy. How how did you react on his final game watching him? I remember that game clearly, and I remember uh, where I was and everything. I was here at my house, <laughs> and I was watching it with a beer in my hand. And I thought about Tim Duncan. I would get flashbacks of Timmy D even from the 2005 NBA Finals, the 2007 NBA Finals. And just seeing him, you know, that I, even in my mind, I kind of knew like, hey, one of these, like, it's going to be this last game, you know? I just thought like, what a great player. What an amazing person. What a great player. And what he stood for. Um, and how he how he went out every night like that last game, giving it his 100%. So 
it was awesome, man. And definitely, he wasn't, of course, you know, like his prime self in his final year. Um, I would say mainly final year because, or final two years. He wasn't his prime self. But you know what, man? He's he's that leader that was able to put push through with his team to get that final championship against the big three of the Miami Heat. You know, they were coming in with a lot of hype. They had won two of their uh, first three years together and Spurs shut them down in five. Like they, whether you have to turn off the AC in the arena to, you know, get LeBron to have some cramps, but whatever they did, they, they shut them down and they got the W in five think games. About, think about the crucial rebounds that he had in that series. A lot of people criticize, you know, a lot of people criticize Greg Popovich benching uh, Tim Duncan for that game six in the 2013 finals. Like, why didn't you have Timmy out there to get that rebound? Maybe Bosch wouldn't have gotten it and passed it to Ray Allen. Maybe LeBron would be, you know, two and seven instead of three and six right now. But we'll never know what happened happened. And, you know, congratulations to Tim Duncan. We love you, man. Let's, uh, let's get going and talk about Marco, our favorite topic. Our pinche huercos of the week. Okay, boys. I'm the teacher today. Any questions? Sir, why does being overweight cause blue hair in some women? Why is my left testicle bigger than my other two? If video games make kids more violent, why are they still so easy to beat the shit out of? If your wife dies from childbirth, can you press charges on the baby? Who do you got for this week, brother? Pinche huerco of the week. For my Vincha Huerco of the Week, we have none other than an all-team all pro bowler returner in Nicole Hartman. Okay. Why, you ask? Why Nicole Hartman? What could he have done to be a Vincha Huerco this week? Hmm. Let's think real quick. Nicole Hartman came out on Twitter today. And tweeted out that Oklahoma football players out of Oklahoma are better as a whole than football players coming out of Texas. I'm sorry, 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 mistake, 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 mistake. Football players coming out of Georgia, my bad. Wanna know why I can't play a core right? Carol fucking Baskin. This here dog used to be a tiger. You wanna know how it changed? Carol fucking Baskin. Fucking bitch. Fucking bitch. Fucking bitch. Bitch. Football players coming out of Georgia are better than football players coming out of Texas. Now, you're a dumb pinche huerco pendejo. Like, you're an idiot. I could just... I mean, we can from from current player from current players right now. You can just you can name them real quick at quarterback. You're comparing Patrick Mahomes to Deshaun Watson. Good matchup, but Patrick Mahomes is going to be the greatest quarterback to ever live by the time his career is over. So at the quarterback position, you already have uh, Texas winning. You're talking about an O line. You're talking about wide receivers and Mike Evans, a free agent like Des Bryant. Um, you're talking about linebackers. I mean, all across the board, Texas is better than Oklahoma, and you can see it. So, McCarr Harmon, McCall Harmon, I love you. I love the Kansas City Chiefs, but you're an idiot, and you're a pinche huerco for that. What about you, Jose? Who's your pinche huerco of the week? Oh, that's an easy one, bro. That's an easy one for me. Like, let's be real. Like, people talk shit sometimes, and you know who's talking shit this week? It was Terry freaking Bradshaw deciding to talk about Good old Tom Brady talking shit about how he doesn't see Tom as one of his greats. Are you 
Are you fucking kidding me? You're the original TB12. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah, good. You know, you said Roger Staubach, you know, blah, 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 blah. Now, Tom Brady is the GOAT. He is the greatest of all time. He has made nine appearances. Chick, chick, six, six championship rings around his freaking fingers. Okay? Terry Bradshaw, are you out of your damn mind, old man? How senile have you gotten? I know it was more hard-hitting back then in football when you won those four championships. But they didn't knock you upside your head so hard that you think that Tom Brady is not supposed to be in the greatest list ever? Are you out of your damn mind? He is the greatest. I don't care what the rules are. He is the GOAT. And there's not a damn thing you can do about can, it. Can okay? I ask you something real quick? And this is probably going to be a debate that we're going to be having as, as far as this If you agree goes. with Terry, I will smack you. I don't. Okay, I don't. We're talking about greatest quarterback to ever live compared to the most talented quarterback to ever live. It's a different branching, right? Do you agree with that? Oh, are you trying to tell me, like a lot of people said, Aaron Rodgers is the greatest quarterback ever? Well, I could say Tom Brady is the most accomplished. I'm just saying Joe Montana is the best. Best tackler I've seen since Joe Montana. Joe Montana was a quarterback, you idiot. I said Joe Montana. Sit, sit your ass down, man, man, before I call in your brother back in and give you the finger. <laughs> no. Okay, no matter what, it's called greatest quarterback of all time. It doesn't it's combination of talents, it's a combination of skills. It's called hey, if they're the greatest of everything, if those guys, if you want to name other people, why have they not accomplished as much as Tom Brady has? Like I want I want to know why is Aaron Rodgers who's supposed to be purest talent before Patrick Mahomes, I don't want to insult you Marco. Aaron Rodgers is a purest talent of quarterback thrower ever and he's only made it to the Super Bowl one time. One time, and it's and it's been ten years since he made it. And this is gonna like, be a, no. This is gonna be a debate for another time. Um, but coaching Mark, staff, are you are you are you are you staff, taking away from everything? It happened. I mean, yeah. you do what you what you got. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. Well, how many we'll how see. many Hall of Famers did Tom Brady have throw into? Can name? Can you name five? Can you name five eight, Hall of Famers he Easily. he's throwing to? Easily. Five. Five? No, you five. can't name two. <laughs> yeah, two. Exactly. Two Not, I'll, I would say two. But you, yeah, like that's, are you kidding me? And Randy, most of these other quarterbacks. Randy Moss. Easy. Rob Gorkowski. Okay. And then you have, oh, Edelman. What do you mean? He's not a Hall of Famer. He's going to go to the, he's going to be in the Hall of Fame. I don't, I don't, I, I love Edelman. I love Edelman. I don't think he's going to go to the Hall of Fame. He's one of the best slot receivers we have ever seen. He's had some yeah, big-time catches. But his numbers his numbers will not translate to other people, like, compared Wes, to other people. Okay, Wes Welker? He's not. He's definitely not a Hall of Famer. Did you okay. see what it uh, happened? All right. So, I got mine. You got yours. Meme, do you have one? Uh, I will just go ahead and say Mitch Trubisky. He's a fucking idiot, and I'm going to leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> all right <laughs> uh, for y'all that don't know he is a chicago bears fan so he's hurting on the inside when he says those words <laughs> all right guys so let's wrap it up that was a fun episode marco give us your plug sir you can find me on instagram or twitter at marcitos m-a-a-r-c-i-t-o-s underscore make sure to give me a follow guys 
Uh, I am on Instagram at producer meme underscore not meme. Once again, that's all you will find me on. Nothing else. I believe you can find him also on Cameo. If you pay a hundred bucks to him, he'll make a fifteen-second video of him twerking. (laughs) (laughs) And of course, as usual, y'all can find me on Instagram at Jose Luis underscore nineteen ninety. Twitter handle still unknown. We cannot find that. Put an APB on that bitch because I can't find it either. But let's have. All right, guys. We'll talk to you later. Puro Picha Sports. Oh, here, kid. Mama's got